Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Dugan. He's the co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, serving you in Kansas City, but also serving clients all across the country. And you can find us online, as always, at listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com. Scott, thanks for joining us this week. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic, Walter. Thanks for asking. Happy to be here. You are a well-traveled person at this point in time. You've just been, you know, not gallivanting. That's not the right word. Scott doesn't gallivant, folks, but you've been traversing the world, really, in recent weeks. And after many weeks away, you're back and ready to rest up and kind of get back to work, huh? Definitely. And I always think that, you know, people should definitely, if they get a chance to travel, to experience, you know, other countries, other cultures, and after my last trip, you know, I'd be gone for two weeks. Definitely had a great time, but definitely makes me appreciate the opportunities and the things that we have here in the United States, for D- sure. Despite the awesome trip Scott said to me before we went on the air today, I was just ready to be back in my own bed. So <laughs> I definitely was. It's funny. I wanted my bed and I wanted a taco. That's the two things I wanted. Um, so. And a taco. I yeah. don't feel like I'd be craving a taco, you know, a week and a half into an international trip, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if you eat the same thing every day, you do. Trust me on this. Trust I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, you know, so I I went to China for a month right before the Summer Olympics several years ago. And yeah, I was pretty much ready for a hamburger. I'd found this random British restaurant in Beijing that served fish and chips. And I must have had fish and chips, you know, 18 times during the month that we were there. (laughs) I've had enough of fish and chips and Chinese food for the rest of my life because it was just those two things. Except the Peking duck. You can never get enough of that. Gotcha. That's funny. Well, it's always fun talking about travel because it's something that I know a lot of your clients, Scott. I mean, that's one of the major motivations of retirement and of, you know, why we spend so much energy and effort saving up money throughout our lives so that we can enjoy retirement. Some folks, that's a local thing. Others, though, have that dream of traveling and going all the world. So I'm sure you get the travel itch quite often when you're meeting with clients and they're sharing with you all the cool places that they're going and the neat things that they're doing, huh? Oh, definitely. And it's helped me shape my travel bucket list for sure. Oh, yeah, because uh, you to, get to vet them all, right, all the trips. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this last trip, we went to Greece and hopped around for two weeks, but I got a lot of great information from my clients. So we went on a great hike I never would have thought about because one of my clients hiked this trail you know, 10 years ago. Another client took a cruise several years ago and told me all these places, oh, if you're going to go here and here, check those out. So, yeah, it was a great experience. And, yeah, my clients, you know, helped me think about, you know, that travel and what I want to do. And also, you know, I'm in my mid-40s, and my wife and I got married late. We don't have kids, so we don't have colleges to pay for. So we take a nice trip every year, and we do that partly because I've seen the other side of people that delay, 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 and then they retire, and then, you know, their time is cut short Mm. or something happens. So we've just made that decision that we want to, you know, check these off the list, you know, why we're still kind of in our forties and beyond and, you know, just take advantage of the time and the health that we're so fortunate to have right now. That's a great way to look at it and glad you had a good time, but we're also glad to have you back so that we can tackle important topics here on the podcast every once in a while. I think we've got a good one to cover this week, Scott. It's something that you like to call the golden decade. Tell us a little bit about the golden decade and why, if someone finds themselves in the golden decade, 
that your ears right now should really be burning, should really be perked up. Definitely want to get a piece of paper out and something to write with on this one. So let's start with what is the golden decade? The golden decade is those years technically between ages 59 and a half and 70 and a half. I call it age 60 to 70 to make it easy. So why are those two numbers important? Well, the number 59 and a half is the first time you'd be able to reach into one of your tax deferred accounts, which would be an IRA, 401k, thing like that, and take money out without paying a penalty. And so prior to 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty if you take money out of those tax deferred accounts. Plus, you have to pay taxes on that money because it's been growing tax deferred. And that 70 and a half number represents the time when the IRS makes it mandatory to start taking money out of those tax deferred accounts. And that's called a required minimum distribution or RMD for short. And so the deal that you make when you put money into tax deferred accounts is this. You're putting money in those accounts and you're putting their pre-tax. So what's that effectively doing? It's lowering your tax rate for that year that you're putting that money away and making the deposit. But they also, if you're going to put that money in there, they want you to think of it as long-term money. Hence the penalty for not being able to touch that money. Now, there are some circumstances where you can get at it, but in general, if you just say, hey, I want to reach in and spend money out of my IRA, before 59 and a half, they're going to whack you with 10% plus taxes. Now, at 70 and a half, the required minimum distribution time, they're serious about you taking the right amount of money out to satisfy taxes. And where we said 59 and a half is a 10% penalty, if you don't take out the right amount for your required minimum distribution, it's a 50% penalty. I said that 50, five, zero. Yeah, that's an important so, thing to repeat. <laughs> yes. So are they serious about you starting to take money out? Absolutely. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, why do they want us to take money out of those accounts? Well, it's very simple. The deal that you struck with the IRS by putting money in those accounts is they're going to let you grow them tax deferred. But then at some point, they want you to start taking money out because when you take money out, you're going to pay taxes on it. You're going to get a 1099 form. And so now the Internal Revenue Service can start reaping the tax benefits of you putting that money away and taking it out. All right. So all that being said is that we look at that age 60 to 70s, the golden decade for a certain segment of the population. And if you're listening, here's who this would apply to. If you have been you know, fiscally conservative, and you've been good savers, and you've put money away. And years ago, you made the decision, hey, we want to retire at some point, say age 65. So we want to start putting money away. And so general wisdom is we should keep our debt low, which I totally agree with. And we should defer as much taxes as possible. And why would we want to defer taxes? Because the general thinking is that when we retire, our tax rates are going to be lower. All right. Now, that is true for some people, but not everyone. So imagine if you would, you've been a good saver and been plunking money away in your 401k, your IRA, and somebody sits down with you and says, hey, you know, you, you guys are 58 years old, 59 years old. Have you ever thought about what you're going to be forced to take out of your IRA at 70 and a half through required men distributions? And most people go, no, nobody's ever talked about that. Hmm. 
We talk about that at dinner a lot. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great conversation. And so it's something that we really focus on putting money away and growing it, but very little time and research is put on what's the tax effect when we take it out. And so if you're one of those people that have been good savers and put money away, you may be looking down the road that you're going down and saying, you know, hey, we're going to have a couple of good Social Security checks. Maybe your fortune have a couple of pension checks. And our expenses are less than those four guaranteed income sources. And so you don't have an income gap. And so you're looking at age 70 and a half going, I've got a million bucks in this IRA and I got to take out 3.65%. That's $36,500 I'm going to have to take out and pay taxes on it. Hmm. And guess what? That money is added to your Social Security income and your pension income to get your gross income for the year. You know, some people find themselves potentially paying more taxes on their Social Security, paying more taxes on their pension income if they have one. And that ordinary income rate also affects the capital gains rate you pay on money you take out of after-tax dollars. So it could have this compounding effect. And so a lot of the work that we do is helping people figure out how to move money from taxable accounts like IRA or 401ks to tax-free accounts or tax-exempt accounts. And I say all that to say that age 60 to 70, that golden decade, we call it the golden decade because that's the first time for a lot of people where they're going to be in control of their income. And so let's say that you're age 60 and obviously you're not going to take Social Security. You can't do it until after 62. And you're in a scenario where it makes financial sense for you to shift money from a taxable account to a tax for your tax exempt account. And we look at, well, what's the best way to do that? Well, we want our income to be as low as possible because the lower income, the lower our tax bill. So I say that 60 to 70, that's the first time for a lot of us where we can delay income. We can maybe take a pension, a lump sum and roll it to an IRA rather than take an income, delay Social Security, maybe live off of money that's in a non-IRA account or cash flow. And so a lot of our work is figuring out how much can we or should we move from the taxable account into the tax-free account. And so that's the golden decade of figuring out how do we move money around. So when you do reach 70 and a half, what you're forced to take out is more manageable and has a lower tax impact, not only that year and years to go throughout your retirement. So I guess a couple of follow-up thoughts here, Scott. It sounds like you're really keying on in this decade. Everything I'm hearing you talk about, the golden decade, kind of ties back into taxes. And what I'm not hearing a lot of is we need to pick the right stock or the right mutual fund, or we need to you know, make sure that we're getting this percentage growth in this account. Is that kind of a natural evolution when you get to this stage of life into that bracketed years where the conversation really is kind of turning that way? For our clients, yes. You know, our clients tend to, as they've been good savers, have put a good amount of money away, and they're gonna have enough money to get through retirement. And so you're correct, it's not about you know, trying to get a little extra return. It's how do we pay the lowest amount of taxes possible this year and every year going forward? How do we use all the tax rules that are out there to have a positive impact and be as tax efficient as possible? And I say this all the time, 
you know, to our clients and any educational events that we do is that the plan should come first, whether that be the investment plan, the tax plan, the income plan, that should all come first. And once you've arrived at that plan, that drives what investments we should choose. You know, what stocks, what ETFs, what portfolios we should use, or do we use insurance products, do we use annuities? But again, that's all secondary to make sure that what we're choosing from the investment standpoint is just merely to get us closer to our goal and give us the highest probability of success. I think that's interesting to kind of see that dynamic. Now, when do you start planning for the golden decade? Is that something that, you know, once you hit 59 and a half, that's when you should start, okay, I'm in that decade, let me start this process? Or how early before then should you start planning? Well, I always think, you know, planning, the best time to start planning is today. It's never too early to do that. Because let's say you're 52. And for example, I've got a client right now just emailed me earlier said, Hey, we've been on vacation, we've been out in the mountains. And I've really decided that 58, I'm going to retire. He didn't want to go to 62 because I want to enjoy myself and get out there and do things. And so that's an example of we've been working together for a while. And we knew if they kept putting money into their 401k, that the problem was just going to get larger from a tax standpoint. And so one of the things that we did with them and said, okay, let's go back and let's look at what your employer gives you on your 401k. What kind of match do you get? And so we basically reduced their contribution to their 401k down to what they could put in plus what the employer would match. And we've taken those other funds and diverted those out. And some of them went into a Roth 401k inside their plan because putting in a Roth 401k has a better tax impact down the road. And so there's an example of one simple tweak that we help them with. It's alleviating the issue, not making the problem worse. And when they do reach 70, which that's going to be a ways, that would be 2024 is when they turn 60. But we're already doing things that will affect that outcome. So short answer is it's never too early to start thinking about what the tax impacts of your decisions are going to be. I guess lastly, it sounds like the golden decade is – a series of decisions. It's not just, okay, I'm 62. And so now I'll make these decisions. There's more things to think about when you hit 65, 67, you know, depending on where you're taking social security impacts a lot of these different things. It's more of a decade where you should really have a heightened sense about your retirement planning. Absolutely. And I think you said something very important there. We have a long list of planning items that we go through and choosing your time to activate social security, how to take your pension, what your pension options are. Uh, If you're still working, how should you fund your 401k or Roth 401k or IRA or traditional, you know, Roth IRA, all those things are a series of decisions you have to make. And you can't look at just one of them in an isolation or in a vacuum. You know, give me an example. One of my complaints about my industry is that there's this always a never-ending stream of events, dinner events usually, that talk about how to maximize your Social Security. Well, for you out there listening. I, I've even been getting invitations to those, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going to take the mystery right out of this. Here's how you maximize your Social Security benefit. You wait till 70, which is the last, the latest you can delay it. 
and live forever. That's how to maximize your social security. That's it. That's easy. We can do that. It's easy. We do it. (laughs) But is that the goal? I believe we should optimize the social security benefit to work in conjunction with the rest of your plan. Most of my clients are not going to wait till 70. And the more money that you have saved, the bigger decision like social security is when you take it as a bigger decision. But if tax planning is important, it takes priority over everything, then sometimes we push Social Security out a little bit later in life so we can what? We can have less income show up on our 1040 and give us more room to move money from a tax-deferred account to a tax-free or tax-exempt account. So again, it's a long list of decisions that we have to look at, and we've got to make sure that you know all these things line up. Well, Scott, we joked about how, you know, yeah, this makes great dinner conversation. People are discussing, you know, what they're going to do with their IRAs at 70 and a half all the time. You know, it's a common thing. And, you know, it's funny, while you were talking, I went and I Googled the golden decade because I kind of wanted to see some more information on this. Let me go find out more about it. And nobody's talking about it. There's things called the golden decade. There's like some museum store that I see on here. And apparently it means something in the urban dictionary, but I'm not even going to look at what the definition of it is there. (laughs) Probably best. Nobody's talking about this, and that seems like a bad thing. Well, and I think it really speaks to where most of the advice is coming from or the recommendations coming from, quote, advisors. A substantial part of the million people that are licensed to give you financial advice or sales recommendations are usually talking about what investments you should put your money into or how to accumulate assets, which all those things are very, very important. We've got to do those. And candidly, to get to the type of planning that I do for my clients, you've had to do all those things. You've had to been a good saver, put money away, and had some good growth. But there comes a time when your focus comes from pure accumulation to efficient distribution and paying closer attention to the tax impact of your decisions. And it really becomes more apparent to people when they retire, because if you think about it, if you work for a company, your employee, you didn't necessarily pay taxes. They were deducted from your check. And when I say pay, you didn't necessarily have to write a check every two weeks mm-hmm. to the government. It's a different mental feeling or different Definitely. psychological effect. Absolutely. When you retire, you start writing checks. You're seeing those tax dollars add up. And so I think people become more acutely aware of trying to minimize those. And again, it, from a tax perspective, it's not common to talk about tax minimization. And I'm not talking about tax preparation. We are not tax preparers. We're not CPAs or accountants. We talk about using the strategies that are out there to minimize your taxes this year and every year going forward. And a real good distinction of tax preparation is looking at historical facts, putting them into the right boxes, and producing a return. That's tax preparation. Tax planning is saying, well, what if we did these things to minimize taxes today or taxes in the future? It's those moves that you make will affect the numbers that you give your tax preparer when they prepare your return. And tax minimization, tax planning is a proactive thing that you have to do. 
I've found very few tax preparation places that give future looking tax planning advice. It's more about historical, let's put everything into context and produce a return. That's not derogatory at all. That's just where, where we stand. And I'll tell you, going forward uh, with the new tax changes that have been put into effect this year that go through 2026, I believe it's going to be harder for people to get tax advice going forward. And here's why. I was just at a conference and a CPA by the name of Robert Keebler was one of the guest speakers. Bob Keebler is one of the preeminent CPAs in the country. He's quoted, he's always gets the CPA of the year by all the CPA organizations, but he's a very, very bright individual. And he speaks and trains CPAs and fiduciary advisors like myself. And he said, going forward with all the tax changes, only about 15% of the population is going to itemize their taxes going forward, at least through 2026. So there's not going to be this need. So you're just not going to have the people that are out there to potentially do that type of higher end planning, that more impactful planning. So there's going to be potentially a real shift coming up in the next few years. So I think that tax component and tax minimization is going to be very key for people. And again, you've got to be proactive or you've got to work with a firm or an advisor that understands those issues and can help you walk you through a process that you know is effective. Kind of interesting because I think I know so many people who are going to be impacted by that one simple, you know, change and shift of the tax rates and rules that we saw a couple of months ago, where you go from itemizing every year and it's just part of life and you know it's going to be the best way to go about it. Now, all of a sudden, that's kind of removed from the whole process. So, Absolutely. It's a, it's a big impact. It's a simplification for a lot of people. You know, so it'll be much easier and it'll be a positive impact for a lot of folks. But it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting times. And to kind of finish up with this, this golden decade, you know, this tax change in 2018 is the first meaningful tax changes in 31 years. Hmm. And taxes are on sale when it comes to moving money from a taxable account to a tax-free or tax-exempt account. And that's going to be true until 2026. And prior to this tax change, I would have discussion with people and say, I can't tell you if taxes are going to go up or when they're going to go up. Well, that changed. I can tell you when they're going to go up January 1st, 2026, because hmm. they revert back to the 2017 rules. So unless something happens between now and then, we have a finish line, which is January 2026. And for some people, it's going to be the most advantageous time for them to move money around that they may ever see in their lifetime. And so you've got to be able to take advantage of that if it's appropriate for your situation and your planning needs. Yeah, whether you're at the end of that golden decade or at the beginning of it or still years away from it, it's something to start thinking about the decisions that are going to impact you during that time frame. So if it's not something you've given a lot of thought to yet, I think it's worthwhile to give Scott Dugan and the team at Elevated Retirement Group a shout. Talk to him about your particular situation. You can do that multiple ways. If you want to do it on the local telephone number, it's a 913 area code 393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. You can also find them online at listentoscott.com. That's where you can listen to all the past episodes of the show, Your Retirement Elevated. So be sure to check that out, listentoscott.com. And you can get in touch with the team through that site as well. Just click on the question or contact us button, and you'll be able to get in touch with Scott and talk to him about your situation, where you stand right now. And this goes for you, whether you're in Kansas City or anywhere across the country, 
We can do digital meetings, and it often happens that way with folks from outside the area wanting to tap into that expertise that Scott and his team have accumulated over the years. Well, Scott, greatly appreciate your help on today's program. It was educational. Glad to learn more about the Golden Decade. And look forward to the next topic you'll have for us on the next podcast. Thanks, Walter. We appreciate it. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.